What's good, everybody? My name is Jade Alcor, and you're listening to the Aimless Cook Podcast. Today, I'm doing a little something called a Freestyle Friday, which is essentially a collection of different thoughts and stories from the week. Now, a few days ago, I posted a picture of my trusty carbon skillet that I got from my friends at Knifeware in Inglewood, and it's one of the many trusted tools that I bring with me wherever I go. So when I closed my restaurant and I came to the present kitchen, I brought with me a lot of stuff. Stuff. Mostly you know, extra cambros and inserts and spare tongs. But of course, we always bring with us our kit. And it is usually composed of the stuff that we can't live without. One of them is, I have this Santoku by Masakage that I've had for over a decade. And it started as my home knife, but followed me to work. And it's been sharpened so many times that the blade isn't even shaped like a Santoku anymore. In fact, I've brought it to my friend Nalato from Knifeware. And he needs to sharpen it again because the cladding, there's a stainless steel cladding on the out, outer um, layers of the blade that has to be ground back to reveal the carbon edge so that I can properly sharpen it again. That's how old this knife is. So it's pretty cool. I love it. My next one is I also have a petty that I use a lot too every day from National Blade Works. And this one is, I've had it for a shorter time, but I, I, I use it a lot as well. It's handmade in the Philippines. And when I heard about this Filipino knife maker, I had to get one. And there are people I look at out there that were posting these, these awesome knives, like, you know, Sheldon Simeon, and they make these chef knives with recycled skateboard deck handles and i haven't been able to get one but i i'm gonna get one definitely so shout out to national blade works in the philippines um my next tool that i like to use are a set of tongs not any tongs these are itko saibashi tongs now if you don't know saibashi is is uh cooking chopsticks the large chopsticks that you use and these tongs are kind of reminiscent of that they're not as large as those but they're as useful a lot of cooks have their favorite tongs and these are mine if you have uh, food on a skillet that's ready to be turned or taken off the pan this is perfect they're kind of in between a tong and a plating tweezer because they're that versatile. And they're delicate enough for plating, handling noodles, or eating. Or eating. Because I use them to eat a lot. The next one I have is spoons. And I have two spoons. One is a multi-purpose kind of tasting slash saucing slash quenelle spoon. Which is by National again. It's this anodized uh, to like sexy rainbow color which is cool. And then the other one I have is about the same size spoon, but perforated. And it is Grey Coons. And it is from my friend who got them in Chicago at, uh, I can't remember that shop now. Of course, my last tool is an offset spatula. These are a dime a dozen at the restaurant supply store, but mine is anodized black and it's beautiful. And it is also from National Blade Works. 
And I keep this one also very close to me and it can be used for a myriad of small tasks where you would need a small spatula. So that's where I am. So that's the kind, those are the tools that I carry with me all the time. When I did that, some of you told me in the comments what your tried and trusted tools in the kitchens were. Hyla Johnson from Hyla Cooking, she's an old YouTuber friend of mine, said that I have a carbon pan like that and a Wusthof knife that I've loved for almost 20 years. Knives, always good. Now, Bruce Alter on Facebook said, uh, we have some knives that we got as wedding presents decades ago that we still often use. He also said that I just bought a Santoku in Japan I hope I can care for it well and do it justice. In brackets, he says, sounds like a new child, huh? And to be honest with you, when you get a Japanese knife, it can be a little bit, um, I guess, maybe intimidating at first, if you, if you think about it. But the thing is, is that knives like this, some require a little bit more care than others, depending on the type of knife and the makeup of the, the blade. A lot of, of the, a lot of the handmade knives now are often a carbon core with a stainless steel cladding, which makes, gives you the best of both worlds. So like it gives you that nice durability of a stainless steel with that really good edge of the carbon and as long as you are honing it every after every use sharpening it you know every you know once in a while depending on how how much you use it like typically when i use my knife i usually give it a good sharpening once a month you know with maybe touch-ups once a week and then of course you have to hone it after every time you use it and usually you can tell because if you're cutting things like um scallions chopping scallions really finely you can't do it if your knife is slightly dull and always remember never to leave that blade wet you always wipe it clean and dry after every use or else it will rust especially if you're using a carbon um we're going to talk about japanese knives soon on a future episode because Japanese knives are simply incredible to have in your kit and will last you forever with some little basic maintenance. And I hope to have the guys from Knifeware on a future episode where we can talk about the world of Japanese knives and what it's like to have the coolest knife shop in the country. Speaking of Knifeware, they also commented, they said a good pan is just as indispensable a tool as a knife, which is completely right the thing i like about the carbon pan is it has all of those kind of properties that you would have from uh, a cast iron like the seasoning the non-stick qualities it's very durable but a carbon pan is also very much uh lighter and you don't have to lug around a big cast iron it actually has a more he even heat distribution than a lot of the cheap um aluminum saute skills that you see in restaurants all the time and of course you know they're very easy if you have to season them it just requires some heat some oil just rub it in every time you're done very easy to clean just hit it with some water with the jets and uh, heat it up 
put some oil, get a paper towel, wipe it, and you're good to go. Malcolm in Comox, he said, I have a narrow plastic spatula that I bought at Ikea 18 years ago and use it almost every day. Still looking for a replacement. Also, a German-made meat cleaver that my parents bought 66 years ago, and it still holds an edge. That is awesome. They're great because, like I said, with a knife, if you take good care of it, it'll last a very, very long time. And clearly, from this example, 66 years ago, it is a testament to that. And I mean, like stuff like that narrow plastic spatula and stuff, you always have your favorite kind of little tools to have in the kitchen. And uh, if I were to look through the drawer at home, I could probably find a lot of these kinds of tools, those kinds of everyday things that you can't go day to day without. And usually they're either uh, a gift or an inherited tool from someone that's passed away. Maybe it holds a lot of sentimental value. Now we have a pot that my wife got from her late granny and it's this large nondescript pot with handles that are long gone. So all that's left is the, the base, um, metal part that forms the handle but the the plastic you know the plastic bit that is on there that usually forms the handles is gone now if you saw this pot and didn't know the story behind it you'd probably think that this thing's ready to be replaced but this pot was the pot that she used for soup and it was the one she used to make soup every sunday for years and it was every sunday that everyone in the family would pop by her place and stop for soup, bannock, and coffee. Now she had a lot of kids, and of course there were grandkids as well, and often her street would be full of cars, parked cars, and all of the guests that came to stop for soup. It was also said that the soup pot never went empty. Kind of magical. But we still have that pot. It's in the it's in the uh, cupboard down upstairs. It's in the cupboard in the kitchen. And every so often we still do use it. We do. We also had this tiny spatula, probably from Pampered Chef. The plastic handle was broken and it was taped back onto the metal for years. And it's the perfect size for making like one egg. And uh, since then we've gotten a new one, but you know, I mean that old spatula really served us well. I also have this bamboo wok spatula that I cook everything at home with. And slowly over the years, the edge will burn and begin to wear down like ever so slightly over the years. And I bet in a few decades, I'll probably still be making stir fry with just the stick part. Anything like wooden implements are really cool to have because I mean they're naturally non non scratching right they're not like that kind of crappy silicone like I like the silicone too but it's just there's something about wood implements that I really like so there's nothing like late night dining especially after a long day at work am I right like at the restaurant or wherever. And if you really have a really long and tough shift, like the better the dining experience after. And like, we usually have our best experiences after a Sunday night or somewhere where we had like just our asses kicked. Now, one day because my sous chef Brandon came back, he came back to work to help out because we were short staffed. 
and he had to bring his kids with him because his wife studies at night on the weekend so we got these kids in this restaurant with us and uh, his daughter's up at the counter coloring here's how you could tell those legit asian restaurants there's always a kid in the corner doing homework or wrapping chopsticks or something but that kind of reminded me of that we had a laugh so it's 9 30 thankfully we don't you know close that late and we got these hungry kids and it's time to get some food now of course this means that the typical cuisine of choice is chinese since they usually are the only spots open so we go to sun's barbecue on center street one of my favorite spots to go for lunch as they have great barbecue but they're also good for late dinner because they're open till 11 which is early in comparison to other chinese restaurants around that are open till 3 a.m but i mean with kids with us of course i'm not going to be out till 3 a.m um yeah but there's nothing better than chinese food for late dinner especially having a tough shift and you know once you've finish deep cleaning a kitchen that's been through a grinder with crowds of hungry vegans yes i work at a plant-based asian restaurant and no matter where you go there's always certain dishes you need to order and usually these are the ones these are the go-to dishes for a late night dinner okay so the first one is beef ho fan and it's a bonus for good wok hay Beef ho fan is just like one of those things. Fried rice. I know that doesn't sound very adventurous, but fried rice with tobiko and seafood. Way to go. And usually something deep fried, be it chicken wings, salt and pepper squid, or salted egg yolk tofu, or shrimp. Now, if you go to some place like Bubble Mania, Bubble Mania is the one on 16th Ave near edmonton trail if you go to a place like bubble mania they're open till 11 too and it's all about the fried rice and the chicken wings you remember that it just reminds me of that you remember the skit from the fuji's first album the four chicken wings fried hard it's kind of like that now i could so let's talk about the beef ho fun now i could wax poetic about well-made beef ho fun it's a symphony basically a fairly simple ingredients prepared with consummate skill and cooked with a level of mastery that proves that such a humble collection of ingredients can transcend the earthly boundaries of flavor and dining pleasure think about it sliced beef velveted tender almost silky but keeping that meaty texture that says i'm the star but nothing i'm nothing without this cast you have coarsely chopped scallion lending the smoky sweet and almost grassy notes to complement the savory beef you have bean sprouts with that crispy edge to give balance to the tenderness of the beef and of course the whole fun flat and wide rice noodles seasoned with soy sauce oyster sauce shaoxing probably msg giving that dish this salty and savory bed of chewy satisfaction that you need that umami fest is further perfected by the walkmaster with that familiar aroma of wok hay as that plate hits the table, begging you to grab your bowl and chopsticks. At this time, you've ordered, your stomach is growling, and then this thing hits the table. And the first thing you do is you smell that wok hay. And as you shovel in that first bowl of smoking beef into your mouth, the fried rice arrives next 
with this aroma that beckons you with a unique call of her own. Pearly granules of perfection, I know I'm getting dramatic here, speckled with the thin strips of cooked egg that lend a golden hue to the plate are bejeweled with plump scallops, crisp shrimp, and tiny orange pops of tobacco, slightly salty with a briny reminder of the sea. And it's in that moment that everything leading up to that point, that day that you just had, that shift, that nonstop printer, those impatient DoorDash drivers, those picky diners asking which menu items are not spicy. All of that stuff fades away in this bliss of nostalgic flavors and textures that tell you that everything is going to be okay. This is comfort food, my friends. And this is the feeling of victory. It's glorious because you sit down and you enjoy all of this wonderful food. You're burning your mouth and you are celebrating the spoils of victory. That's what it's like. This is what brings us back to work day in and day out. So while I was there and we were eating our food, I look over at the next table and I see something crazy. And it's something I've only heard about. And I actually, I seen it on a TikTok video once, but I I, I looked away because I didn't want to be rude, but I was drawn back because I wanted to look because I was just curious. And so what it was, it was there was another group of diners there and they were eating together, but eating their own dish. So you know what I mean? So each person ordered a dish to eat by themselves. I noticed it because one dude was like eating a whole lobster alone. And then the woman that he was with next to him had a hot pot and was eating out of the hot pot and then so on and so on with the rest of the party and i had to point it out to brandon he was, <laughs> we looked and we were just like oh okay it brings me to uh, a, a tip like i mean you can eat your food the way you want to of course that's nothing against eating your food you want to you go to a family style um, restaurant the dishes are going to be larger and they're going to be designed for groups so if you're dining with a group um, if you don't already know this, I'm just telling you if you don't already know this. If you go to a Chinese restaurant that serves family style and you're with a group, it's always good to go with a large group because you get the best of everything. Now, typically, you order one to two dishes each, depending on how many people are with are in your party, and then get a rice or noodle dish. Also, depending on the size of the group, maybe both. And then go hard. Enjoy everything. Enjoy a bit of everything. That's why when you get the, the place setting, you always get a small uh, a small saucer, a small rice bowl that you can hold in your hand, and then your chopsticks or spoon. So you can, you know, have your base carbs or wherever in your bowl, and then you could just choose and pick the kinds of things that you want from each dish. Put it on your bowl. Eat. Repeat. Um, and if you have leftover food, which you usually will take it home, Chinese food is awesome. Cold. It's one of the best foods that is even better cold. In my opinion, if I were to pick five of the best dishes that can be eaten cold, I would say that the best ones are Chinese food, pizza, 
fried chicken, lasagna, and like a frittata or a quiche, something like that. So speaking of late night eats again, we went to this place, a new place after a Sunday night dinner service. And it was a new place downtown and it's a Pojang Matcha inspired restaurant and bar, which is like a Korean street food concept. Now Pojang Matcha or Pocha is the, the tents that you see in Korea, in South Korea. And it's always street food, very simple stuff with snacks, food, and drinks, lots of drinks. And the one we went to is a new one that is called One Way Soul Pocha. And some of the some of the common items that you find at a pocha include stuff like tokpoki or odeng, you know, in the paper cups and kimbap and, you know, like bulgogi and stuff like that. Lots of soju. So the first time we went, I was with Brandon again and my son, Nate. And we had one of those long nights at work and decided to have a couple drinks. And the first thing you notice when you walk into this place is like from the outside, it looks like, you know, a regular restaurant, right? It's busy, bumping, whatever. And then you open the door and you walk in and all of a sudden you're on a street. Like no kidding. The entire restaurant inside looks like a street in Korea. The floor is paved. It's painted like a road. There's street signs everywhere. And there's a curb along the the front window of the of the restaurant. And it's a row of booths covered with the plastic tents. And then the main di- dining area is, you know, little round tables with plastic stools. It's awesome. The walls are like facades of storefronts complete with signage so you look like you're out on a street so we sit down we take a look at the menu it has all these classic korean street foods bulgogi um you can get the sets of bulgogi with udon there's john john is like the fried assorted foods like you know spam or oh man what what else was it vegetables and things and then basically what they're what they do is they just coated with egg and fried and you get this huge platter of all these assorted ones and they're served, you know, very simply with this kind of marinated onion and, uh, ketchup of all things too, like super simple. And then we had uh, bulgogi as well. And so we ordered this, a round of Sanmig light, which by the way, we learned later from our server that was the spot was co-owned by Filipinos. And uh, so they had the San Mig light and they also had a sizzling sisig, which is something you don't see at a pocha, but <laughs> sizzling sisig we tried on a later visit, which was actually pretty good too. And, you know, overall the vibe was really cool. I liked it, enjoyed it very much. And it was cool because we happened to see this guy that uh, that Brandon knew from a decade ago. And he was, at the time, well, this guy's Korean. And at the time, he was, like, very new to Canada, n- didn't speak a word of English. And he'd applied at the restaurant where Brandon was working at that time. And he applied, you know, to be a dishwasher or whatever. And he shows up in a suit. 
like they were telling me the story when he got there that, you know, he, he showed up in a suit and so they brought him on. The guy didn't speak any English. He had to learn everything culture wise, communicating like from, you know, the bottom up and Brandon was, was there for this dude. And, uh, yeah, so I guess we see this guy and it's 10 years later and he's, he owns a business now and he's, you know, successful and so he comes in and he's like you know he he's he's really happy to see Brandon and uh he wants to buy us soju so so we start okay so cool come sit down with us let's have a drink of soju so he does so he he gets a bottle of soju and he has all the little glasses lined up and like muscle memory he 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 flicks his wrist with the bottle and instantly the soju mixes in in the bottle like a like a vortex and then he pops the cap and then he pours the soju and then we all toast and like that was the cherry on top that was cool so shout out to brandon's friend and i'm sure i'll have his name we'll mention that but if you want to see that, actually, it's actually on my TikTok, which you can see at Rice Daddy Eats. And it is the video that I did for One Way Soul Pocha. Go check it out and you can see for yourself what it looks like. And I'll have all the links to the other socials and all these amazing places and products in the show notes. So I can't talk about late night eats without talking about some of the simpler choices that are out there as well, right? And for me, after a late night drinking, there was always the hot dog cart, right? Or in this case, I don't like hot dogs. I like Smokies. There was the Smoky cart. And what would happen, two in the morning or whatever, that thing would be I would be calling my name from down the block and you have to get one. You have to. There's no doubt about it. There's nothing wrong with some of those things. Like simple foods, you know, especially after a night like that. Man, it really hits the spot. The other thing too is like pizza by the slice. Always, 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 always. Sometimes if you're if you're really hungry and desperate, 7-Eleven they have smokies and and they have that like crappy cheese and chili on in in the tap you know that comes out i don't know how many of you have thought or wished that you had one of those chili dispensers at home but uh there were times when i when i thought it would be nice to have one of those in my own kitchen and maybe one day that will happen but not today so that is our episode it was kind of a freestyle friday that went into the uh we talked about a lot of stuff including tools late night eats walk hay all of that crazy stuff and i hope you enjoyed this episode please review us on apple Podcasts. let us know subscribe because all of those things 
are are great. They're really helpful to me. And you know, I really like to make more content and we hope to have some guests in future episodes. And I have talked about having Gabriel Yi on this show very soon to talk more about Chinatown. Uh, and we will have that soon, as well as our friends from Knifeware. So thanks for listening. Um, check us out on future episodes. Don't forget to subscribe. I love you guys. And we will see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.